0: Welcome to the Intuitively You podcast, where we chat all things intuitive eating, body image, finding peace with food, and so much more. I'm your host, Jen Baswick, intuitive eating, dietitian, and embodiment coach. And I'm your guide along your journey to food freedom so that you can improve your relationship with food and your body to no longer hold you back from living your best, most fulfilling life. We'll be chatting about all the real talk, the tips and tricks, the struggles, and most importantly, how you, yes you, can finally find peace with food and your body. After each episode, I'll be sure to wrap it up with some takeaways for you to implement in your life, so make sure to stick around until the end. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to welcome Zabrina Matwani today. She is a personal trainer and group fitness instructor and she is all about body neutral fitness and that is what we're going to be talking about today. I am super excited for this conversation. It is something that absolutely goes hand in hand with intuitive eating and just living intuitively you, which is what this podcast is all about. And we'll talk about all things movement and exercise and some myths about that stuff and toxic fitness motivation. But today is going to be great and welcome Sabrina. How are you today? I'm doing great, Jen. I'm so happy to be here, honestly.
1: Um I love everything you're doing and your podcast is wonderful, so I'm just very excited to be here as well. Um, And I appreciate a lovely introduction.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast and I know I found you through TikTok and I've loved all of your stuff and everything that you share as well. And just to kick us off, would you be able to let the listeners know a little bit about you, what you do, and why you're so passionate about it?
1: Yeah, of course. So like you said, uh, my name is Sabrina. I am a personal trainer and group fitness instructor. I currently live in Denver, Colorado. It's been my home for the last three years and I absolutely love it. Um, And like you mentioned, I work from a health at every size and a weight neutral approach, meaning I don't focus on weight loss. um, When working with clients and in groups, my focus is on feeling good, moving good and having fun, which I feel like is very different from that um, mainstream fitness lens and really just help people explore and reintroduce movement back into their lives. And I absolutely love what I do because I, I like to think back on when I was going through my own journey with eating disorder and using exercise um, as punishment, I never really had the exercise was never introduced to me as something that I could enjoy. It was always something that I had to do and I had to follow all these rules. And I think about what would I have liked when I was going through that myself. And, you know, I realized the importance of having safe spaces where people can explore that without that pressure that you need to do it or without the pressure to change your bodies. And that's kind of how I got into where I am now. Um, really just offering that to people and and being that person that can um, offer those tools so anyone can really explore movement and find their own definition of what joyful movement means for them.
0: That is so wonderful. And I love that you said that you had your own struggles with this and you found what kind of you would want in that past self of yours Mm -hmm. and are bringing that to people today to help them kind of get through this and honestly navigate the fitness culture. And a lot of it can be very focused on changing your your body shape, size, getting more toned, all those changes about your body. And it really doesn't need to be that way or should be that way at all. <laughs> and I know from my past experience, I've been to so many fitness classes where they're like, okay, now we're going to like shred that belly fat or like, you know what I mean? Like all that ugh, <laughs> icky stuff that well, like past me would have never like thought of that in a way that it was like harmful to me. but looking back, I'm like, wow, that really fueled a lot of problems <laughs> in terms of like my body and the way I viewed fitness and all the different things. So I love that you're bringing this and helping people have that safe space like you said I think that's so important to explore movement in this safe inclusive, way that doesn't focus on changing your body. And you kind of explained this already, but I would love it if you could kind of put a definition or description to body-neutral fitness and what that would be and what it looks like, if you could kind of just describe that to all the listeners.
1: So I I love the term body-neutral fitness because I feel like it really it really offers a different perspective than that mainstream fitness. And like I was mentioning before, it's shifting away from that aesthetic focus, right? I think a lot of the times, a lot of fitness professionals and personal trainers, the way they measure quote unquote progress is by using numbers of scales, um, how you're looking measurements, you know, they'll ask for before and after photos. And that's kind of how they're measuring that progress, whether you're, actually doing things right or not they put this these labels of like well you're doing it good you're not working hard enough right and
0: Mm -hmm. body neutral
1: fitness offers a space where you're not focusing on that but rather you're focusing on how you're feeling are you actually enjoying what you're doing are you actually feeling do you actually feel like you have more energy afterwards and not you know do you feel like you need to take more time off when you work out are you being safe with everything you do Do you are you, you know, and kind of challenging these different rules and like, how do you how are you approaching movement on every day? If you take a rest day, does that make you feel anxious and all these different things and and simply just shifting away from that pressure that you have to do exercise, you have to do it to change your body. But how can you make movement a part of your day without having to shift your whole life and exercise become kind of that center where Your whole day revolves around because I think and I think back when I was kind of in deep with that like toxic fitness culture as well, when I feel like my workouts and became just the center of my life, everything I do and every decision that I took in my day was around when can I do my workouts? Right. I would say no Mm -hmm. to family events. I would say no to different things because I couldn't in my head like I just I couldn't miss a workout. Because I thought at that point, I thought that skipping a workout meant that meant something about me as a person, like it meant I was lazy, that I didn't care. And I just had a lot of pressure on myself because I was also using exercise as a tool to um, just restrict a lot of different things. And, Mm -hmm. you know, this body neutral fitness, it's, it's been, it's just completely changed my mind. Because. It, it also just, you know, it, it helps kind of get in tune with your body. How are you actually feeling when you're going through the movements, like reconnecting with your own body so you are, so you can easily understand different things. When do you need to rest? When, what is the difference between pain and discomfort? And I think, you know, when you're kind of in this world where you're just pushing, pushing, being told to do things, you disconnect with your own body. And it becomes really hard to really understand at what point do you need to stop and take a break, or at one point can you continue pushing yourself? And you know, at what point you're pushing yourself too much that it can lead to injury. So mm-hmm. it kind of creates. It's. It's. I like to think about as just shifting away from that um, mainstream fitness and prioritizing yourself, how you're feeling, and really everyone. I think approach to fitness is different within this. Um, this lens but it just offers a different perspective on how do we approach
0: exercise. Absolutely. Yes. And such a refreshing perspective, I might add, because there is, like we keep mentioning too, like that toxic fitness culture. And there is a lot of that out there. And I think that that fitness culture and diet culture really are super intertwined. And like you were saying, there's such a Uh, pressure on the aesthetics of fitness and those measurements or like weight using scales before and after photos, (laughs) which are just another thing that's fueling all of this toxicity around these pieces. And I think a lot of it, both fitness culture and diet culture comes from something you mentioned, like tying it to your worth as a person. And that both fitness culture and diet culture, make you feel like your worth is your body size. And then that's where exercise gets turned into this form of control to make your body size fit that, I don't know, mold of worth, whatever we want to call it. And the same thing goes with food, right, from my perspective as a dietitian, But it's, it's all that pressure to just change how you are because this culture is telling you that you should be different. And I like that you are moving away from that with this body neutral fitness and not putting the pressure on people to change their bodies and focus more on the fun, the joy, the energy and feeling good. And I love that you also said like doing things correctly and not pushing yourself to the point of exhaustion or Um, injury or anything like that. So this is wonderful. (laughs) I love this whole concept of body neutral fitness. Definitely something I wish I had in the past, Um, but it's so nice to see individuals like you spreading the word about this stuff and helping more individuals get into this groove of enjoying movement again and not viewing it as that kind of form of control or punishment. And that kind of brings me to my next question, and that is if anyone here listening is like, oh yeah, I really resonate with this toxic fitness lens of like looking at things as a form of either punishing your body or controlling it, if they are wanting to shift away from viewing exercise as punishment or a way to control their bodies and um, weight even, how can they shift away from that? What are some things they can do to actually start enjoying exercise and movement again?
1: So, I think the biggest thing, and usually what I work with a lot of my clients do when we start working is, um, you know, it's challenging all these different exercise rules that we've sort of created through the years. Because I know a lot of us, you know, especially with exposure to social media and everything we see in the media, magazines, it's always, well, and, and like how you were mentioning at the beginning, right? The language that we use around exercise and challenging all these different things. So what, what do you think exercise should be versus what can it be? Right. Um, and, and when I talk about exercise rules, I'm talking about, well, I have a lot of clients and and folks who, who have this idea, for example, that exercise has to be 45 minutes or has to be over an hour. Otherwise, it doesn't feel like it counted. Or, you know, you have to track, you have to burn X amount of calories or if you're not sweating, if you're not feeling all these different things or, again, having that control over tracking everything.
0: Right. Movement
1: isn't um, valid. Right. You have to do head because going for a walk isn't enough, quote unquote. Um, so challenging all these different things that we are told that we should be doing. And I think a lot of that t- just comes in from that social comparison to, um, you know, with fitness influencers on the rise and kind of that whole thing on Instagram. You know, I think and myself included, I went through a phase where I would compare my own activity levels to those whose job was to do that. And it kind of created these very um, unrealistic standards of what my own personal fitness routine should look like. So, um, you know, exercising seven days a week, not taking breaks, even doing twice a week. And it just, it became very unsustainable in that sense. So obviously I'm not saying everyone goes to that extreme, but it you know little things of like well if I if I don't if I can't work out for an hour then I might as well not do it and we kind of go into these extremes which happens a lot too um, with nutrition it's kind of that all or nothing mentality whether oh yeah oh well, if if I don't exercise for a whole hour then I might as well not I might as well not do it mm-hmm. right and I think it's important to remember that all movement is valid and movement can mean anything you want it to mean. Right when you remove all those external pressures, maybe movement for you, something you enjoy, looks very different than what um, Susie Fitness Fifty on Instagram is telling you. I know I'm sorry if anyone's Instagram is that, but anyway, um, yes. (laughs) Maybe for some people, movement looks like going on walks, and that's perfectly fine. Yoga, pole dancing, uh, roller skating, going on a bike ride, taking your dog on a run. Uh, weight lifting like there's so many different things that um people can try but I feel like we're often told that we need to do the exact same thing we need to do burpees and we need to do all these jumping things and if when, when you're trying to make yourself do something that you actually don't enjoy that's when that movement starts becoming it feels like punishment you dread it you're like oh I don't want to do it And, you know, you kind of fall in this cycle where you're super inspired to move your body and then you burn out because you actually don't enjoy it. And it kind of becomes all this, um, you go from one extreme to another.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So I think, and that kind of goes back to like, the biggest thing is just challenging these rules and seeing who you're getting, you know, even, even just maybe that looks like cleaning out your social media a little bit, right? Because even as much as, you know, we we like to see all these fitness content and stuff. Sometimes we unintentionally just compare ourselves to others. And if it's making us feel like we're not doing enough, we're not doing that, it's not really helping us. And maybe the best decision at that point is simply unfollowing people, muting certain things, hiding certain content so you can explore what movement looks for you without those external pressures.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, and it, social media, and especially with, in the fitness world, can be such a comparison game, right? And that's where those before and after pictures come in and all of the, yeah, not good feelings towards looking at someone else's body and being like, why doesn't my body look like that? <laughs> and I think it's important to note, like you said earlier, everything is coming from a weight inclusive, health at every size lens. and challenging these exercise rules, I'm sure also looks like adopting that for yourself as well and realizing that all bodies are good bodies and they don't need to all fit this thin ideal that society puts on a pedestal, right? And it's likely not realistic for the large majority of people to look that way, the social media way, whatever we want to call it, mainstream thin ideal so yeah, I love this challenging the exercise rules that we have and really shifting that mindset and you're right, the all or nothing really comes into play with food too. It's like if I don't eat perfectly today and I have this quote unquote bad food, I might as well throw it all out the window and and not do it anyways and then I'll start again on Monday and I feel like that's like happens with exercise and food and these have such like so many parallels between them and it's yeah starts with shifting your mindset and challenging those rules like what is pushing yourself to work out for 45 minutes 7 days a week no rest days always doing hit like what is that doing for you right <laughs> is that really serving you is that really the healthy thing for your body are you really feeling good and questioning, questioning a lot of it? So I think that's that's really wonderful. And we need to definitely challenge all these things that we're told is the right way, because like you said, there's no right way. Everybody's different and everybody is different.
1: Yeah, and, and just to add on to that, when you talk about the thin ideal too, I think with social media we've become, you know, the idea that fitness looks a certain way has also been introduced to us in many different things. You see when people are talking about fitness and you say, well, this person is fit, um, Mm -hmm. you know, this image of um, thin visible muscles kind of comes to mind because that's what we've been shown. And even with all majority of clothing companies, um, any type of fitness, fitness company, supplements, magazines, it's all this idea of, well, this is what you should look like if you work out. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And and challenging that, because we need to remind ourselves that fitness isn't it doesn't have a body type. Um, Like you said, people of all different shapes do many different things and not one person looks the same. Um, You know, and and at the same time, we can't compare our routines to people who do it for a living. Right. I think sometimes and, and I think, you know, even with challenging those exercise rules, I think. There's this pressure that we need to go from zero to 100 overnight. And we often forget that when we do that, we'll burn out pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. We need to start slowly. What are things that I can do to implement right now that aren't going to change my whole routine, that aren't going to feel like I'm throwing everything I do out the window and trying to implement so much change? Because that is so overwhelming. And again, it puts all these pressure that, well, if I don't if I don't work out for two hours tomorrow and, you know, if I haven't exercised for a whole month, it's just not a um, realistic goal, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, for sure. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Like just
1: comparison. It, it can be very harmful.
0: Yeah. And even comparison to like others and also like your past self, maybe there's even sometimes some comparison there too. And I know just to share like a little bit about, my relationship with fitness. And I definitely used it as something that was a way to control my body and, and or make up for things or a punishment for eating so much food or whatever that maybe looked like. And I came to a point where I, I found yoga and I really enjoyed that. And that was kind of starting point of my whole shift towards treating my body with respect and talk about that in another episode too. But this whole idea of the shifting from like zero to a hundred, I definitely went from like a hundred to zero and then felt like I couldn't repair my relationship with fitness and exercise because I was using it as that form of punishment. And I was like, you know what? Like I'm healing my relationship with food. I'm not doing anything. (laughs) right? Like I'm, I'm not touching exercise because it was that toxic kind of exercise for me, you know, like the hit, the making sure it was X amount of calories, whatever. And then I just didn't do any kind of movement for such a long time because I didn't think that it would quote unquote count. And I didn't feel like it was like that safe space. So that's why I really love that you're making that safe space for people to feel comfortable around exercise and be able to kind of mend that relationship with exercise just as individuals mend their relationship with food too. So I just wanted to share that little tidbit. (laughs) It can kind of go both ways. And I love now that I'm like, yeah, going for a walk today is what's going to make me feel good. And I love my walks. They are like my favorite form of movement. And it's just the simplest thing. And people don't feel like that counts as exercise, right? As movement. So, yeah, I really love that. And um, I am even more excited to chat about this little segment that we have for you guys in this episode. It's going to be so much fun. Sabrina and I are going to be doing some myth busting (laughs) with some common toxic fitness motivational quotes. (laughs) We brainstormed and came up with some of the ones that we thought we would like to bust for you. And we'll just go through a few of these I will read the quote out. If you resonate, if you tried to use this as motivation for yourself, listen up. <laughs> Sabrina is going to kind of tell us why these are not helpful motivational quotes. So the first one up is no pain, no gain. How do you feel about that one? <laughs> I
1: mean, you can see my face right now. It makes me yeah. cringe a little bit. Um. <laughs> I, I definitely remember the time, this brings me back to like Tumblr days, um, all these oh, yeah. different Tumblr, Tumblr was a dark time, um, but it kind of brings me back to that. And it definitely makes me cringe because, I mean, pain shouldn't be part of our fitness experiences, mm-hmm. right? Pain is usually a sign that something isn't right. And I always tell this in every class I teach with all my clients, pain is the one thing we don't ignore. If you're feeling pain at any point, I want you to tell me because this is not something that we want to normalize. Because when we start thinking that pain, you know, we should be feeling pain, pain is good. It oftentimes can lead to injury. It just means that things aren't, you know, it might not be the best movement we need to adjust and we need to pivot from that. Because like I said, pain is usually a sign that things aren't working how they should be. And I'm not saying, right? And I think that it just, it it, kind of goes into this idea, right? With the mainstream fitness and toxic fitness, how everything should be painful. Like you shouldn't be able to walk the next day. And it kind of glamorizes this uh, pain with fitness. It's like, oh, my legs didn't hurt the next day. Well, you know, I, I mean, I prefer if my legs I could walk the next day. I don't want to feel like I needed to take three days and like every like the workout affects everything I do in my life. You know, especially for example, if you're a parent and you exercise to the point where you can it hurts to go up and down the stairs, but you have a young kid, that's gonna impact how your day-to-day goes, right? Um, but yeah, this is one of those that I you know pain is that one thing that I'm like you should never never pain doesn't have a place and it, it's not something that we need to continue celebrating it's something that we need to acknowledge and and we shouldn't dismiss it either because I feel like oftentimes too you hear stories of folks who whose pain has been dismissed by personal trainers oh that's just be. you know they'll say things like well that just means it's working and I've I've gotten a lot of... I, I I hate that I've gotten messages about people. It makes me very sad that people will tell me, you know, um, at group fitness classes, they say things hurt and trainers dismiss them. And next thing you know, they have an injury and they can't even exercise for months because they need to recover. And pain is just not something that we can ignore, right? Like, yeah. it's not a good thing. We When we're in pain for anything else, We usually go to the doctor. We take it slow. We know how to rest. And kind of it it should be the same thing when it comes to to movement. Um, Even I think there was a point where even, um, again, with the glamorizing of like even exercising when you're sick and when you're doing all this, um, you know, like it's just going to make things hurt even more. Um, You know, your body needs rest. Our bodies tell us when something isn't right and we need to tune in into that and really, you know, prioritize rest when we need to or not push things when there's a risk
0: involved. For sure. Absolutely. And I love everything you described there because pain is not a good thing and it all comes back to just listening to your body and actually paying attention and honoring that. Like the pain is... If you're feeling that pain or something like that throughout movement and exercise, stop. <laughs> don't, don't continue just going pushing through the pain. You don't need to push through. Maybe you just need to adjust or maybe you need some rest. So honoring that and knowing that it's not something to just push through and there doesn't need to be pain associated with <laughs> movement. I don't like feeling pain. I don't think anyone does, but there's this standard that's like if you don't hurt, so badly, it didn't. It wasn't like a, a good workout or whatever, but no, not true. Busted. Okay, that brings us to our second myth to be busted, and this motivational quote is, the only bad workout is the one that didn't happen.
1: I'm cringing again. I know <laughs> anyone can see my face, but it's one of those things that, oh, kind of – Makes me cringe a little bit, and it—it's one of those that I feel like I used a lot back then too. i, I think again of all these Tumblr inspirational quotes, mm-hmm. um, and I really dislike this one as well because it. I think I think it's also important um, to recognize how I feel like in the in the fitness world, sort of motivation and shaming are used interchangeably because, th- I mean, there's obviously a very clear difference between what is encouraging someone and motivating someone versus what is guilt tripping someone into doing someone or shaming someone into doing someone. And mm-hmm. I feel like they, they're definitely used interchangeably where, well, it's motivation, you know, they'll say it's motivation In reality it's just making someone feel bad for not doing something. And that's something that you see with this one, right? I can 100% say that I have regretted workouts that I did. And when I chose to exercise and not rest, because I would injure myself, or I missed out on times with friends and families, I would say no to things because I was prioritizing my workout. And I do regret that. I do regret those workouts. I wish I, you know, now I'm in a place where if I had to choose, I will choose whatever I want to do in that time, you know? Mm -hmm. it it, taking a day off or shifting my workout around, it doesn't make me anxious. It doesn't make me feel guilty anymore. But there was a point that I, it did because I would think, well, if I skip a workout, you know, it means I'm lazy. And I know we've talked about this, but I thought it just, I kind of reflected myself worth on those decisions. But, you know, rest is so important and we can't, ignore that when we need it, you know, and we need to tune into our bodies, like you mentioned before, we need to recognize that sometimes exercise is just not the best decision. And, and that is also okay, when you realize that when you're already started your routine, right, if you're in a workout class, and you get through the warm up, like, it's important to know that you can leave, if you're not feeling it, if you feel like you're kind of pushing yourself throughout, like you're entitled to leave that workout class. Um, if you're in a virtual class, you know, you can leave. Um, sometimes, you know, depending on the trainer, obviously, there, there's a lot of trainers that work from a, uh, from the same perspective that I do. But a lot of us kind of have that open communication. If you need to reschedule, reschedule. Like you don't need to explain. You don't owe us explanations as to why you don't want to work out. Like that is not my business. And I'm not trying to shame someone into working out, right? Because everyone has their own reasons to do it. And it's not my place to be, well, you should do this instead. No, because I don't know anything. Like my job is to be here and help with exercise and movement, not anything else. And if I was to shame clients into doing that, it just, you know, it kind of feeds into that bad relationship with exercise. That when we start dreading exercise, when we start feeling like it's punishment, where we just forcing ourselves to do it and we're pushing ourselves to do something that we just aren't feeling at the moment. Yeah. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know, it's completely okay to prioritize rest, to do other things over exercise. Movement and exercise isn't everyone's priorities, and that's okay. I think, you know, we all benefit from movement in our lives, but that can look different day to day, whether it's a 10 minute walk, whether you do you have the time and energy to go through to a class or you know, you have a local gym you go to, or you're trying something new, you're playing with your kids, you're dancing around while doing laundry, like you know, it can be anything we want it to, but we need to stop shaming people. And that is one of the ickyest things about the fitness culture, there's just that shaming and guilt tripping and people, you know, you end up doing exercise because you feel like you have to. And that that's why this code also just makes me ugh oh, makes me a little angry.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I really appreciate that you said and really drove home there that a lot of this motivation is really just shaming. <laughs> and if it's coming from quotes, like I know you're talking about Tumblr, like I used to use Pinterest for this stuff too, like those things and finding those quotes um, on there. And it was really yeah, like a form of shaming, like shaming yourself too. And when others push it out there, I'm sure that they don't think that when they're doing it. I never thought that before either, but it's really eye-opening to see it that way. And it's kind of bringing the shame into the narrative if you're not doing these things. So, That is very, very eye-opening, and I love that. And that kind of goes into our next uh, quote, just to chat about briefly, and that one is no excuses, just do the workout, just do it, or all of these no excuses ones, kind of the same thing, but I still, that one makes me cringe too.
1: (laughs) I think that is one of my least favorite ones for sure. Um, and it just ties in into every everything we've been talking right that shame, that you need to prioritize exercise above everything in your life, when in reality, it should just be something that is adding into your life, not taking control, not taking the reins of your life, you know, driving everything. It doesn't need to become the center of our day because yeah, we're allowed okay. to prioritize other things. Um, you know, and at different times in our lives, we're going to prioritize different things and we need to remind ourselves that we are allowed to do that, right? If, you know, for example, in the summer, going to the gym isn't necessarily a priority for me anymore because I like to spend time outdoors and I don't like the winter. So I'm going to make the most out of the time right now because, you know, when it's snowing and it's cold, I don't get to do that.
0: Mm -hmm. So my
1: priorities shift around and I'm not using... And I feel like the language of excuses is also such a, has such a negative connotation, right? Like, oh, you're just making things up. It's an excuse. But when reality is, they're all valid reasons, right? The reasons (laughs) why we choose not to do things, it doesn't mean that we're choosing not to exercise because we don't care because all these different things, but we have reasons, our priorities change and we are entitled to do that. Um, But when we say there's no excuses, like it doesn't matter if it's, raining or you're sick or whatever, it just, it just doesn't feel right. And, you know, we continue to, um, it makes it easier for us to ignore what our body wants to, and it makes it harder in the end to connect back and really know, well, should I rest or should I work out? Well, I'm sick. Well, I still need to work out. And, you know, what are we really prioritizing? Because we never, we should never, have to give up our mental health or anything in the name of physical health or for exercise. And we don't need to sacrifice that
0: to Absolutely. benefit yeah. from movement, right? For sure. And that's very key. Never expensing your own mental well-being or other areas of your well-being to just do this no excuses exercise thing very very key and definitely a big takeaway from this whole episode if you're if you're looking for those and yeah definitely no excuses is icky it's shameful and what's important to you in your life can change priorities can change and those are absolutely valid and honoring that is part of your overall well-being too so make that shift, do whatever you can to kind of move away from the all or nothing, no excuses, etc. um, narrative because these things are not helpful. And I have one more myth that I would really love for us to chat about. And that one is you earn your body. Oh. <laughs> also big cringe, um, huge cringe.
1: Yeah, this is another one too that I, I remember seeing a lot everywhere. Um and it makes us think again that everything comes down to willpower, right? That discipline okay. and all those. Yeah, I know, cringe. cringe. <laughs> I feel the same way, just saying that a lot. I'm like, oh. Um, but you know, it makes us it makes us feel like it's really all things we can control, right? That there's no external factors that nothing else matters it just comes down to whether we choose to do something or not but there are so many different factors that play around in health weight like all these different things like the social determinants of health right this completely ignores that and i think this is kind of where all those people um, that you'll see angrily fighting on the internet it's like but walking is free you can just it's cheaper to eat vegetables and there's really no understanding of how all these things really play a role because they make it seem well, if you really want it bad enough, you'll make it happen. Ugh, but we yeah. we just we don't have that control, right? Uh, because weight is not a behavior.
0: You can't exactly. simply
1: control these things. And I don't know. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it too.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think. What you said and that everything comes down to willpower. I have another podcast episode, a solo one that I did. It's episode number eight about willpower, and I talk about that in terms of food because it's definitely something that everyone's. Like, oh, if I only had just had enough willpower, like everything would be perfect and fine, and I would be so good at this whole healthy eating thing. And it's it it's not willpower. Willpower is usually not the answer for these things, and that comes back to kind of shaming, like if you're telling yourself that you don't have the ability to do something because it's a flaw of your own, that's not necessarily true. Like you said, there are so many factors that go into these things. And, um, I know like with the, you earn your body and we chatted about this a little bit before we hopped on the recording, but, um, the whole, like it's 70% what you eat and 30% of what you exercise. Like, that's what makes up how your body looks like. What? (laughs) Who decided this? And that is just garbage. (laughs) It's not true. Like you said, there's social determinants of health and lots of other aspects of your well-being and just you as a person and things that go on in your life, like lots of other things. Genetics too. Like There are so many pieces to the puzzle. It's not just as simple as eating clean, air quotes, And exercising all the time, like, no, that does not earn you your body. Your body is a good body already. You don't need to earn anything. You would be much better off, and I'm sure, Sabrina, you would agree with me, coming to a place of acceptance of where you're at rather than trying to fight with your body and be at war with it all the time because you're just at this place of hate. So, not saying you need to love everything about yourself. I think that's also like totally unrealistic as humans. <laughs> but coming to a place of like, you know what? I'm good. Like, this is my body. It's providing me this beautiful life of mine. And I'm not going to try and manipulate it and hate on it all the time because that's not helping me and my well being as a whole. So. That's kind of a. (laughs) I could probably rant. I'm like, I could feel myself going into a rant, but yeah, you you do not need to earn your body. Your body is good as it is right now. (laughs) Completely agree. Yeah, I I think
1: with that last one too,
0: it you know
1: what we were talking before. It kind of pushes the this idea too that um you know the emphasis on the aesthetics. Yeah, you know that fitness has to look a certain way. Um. And Because there's so many different factors that play, that have a role in how our bodies look.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, fitness isn't a tool that can completely manipulate that. So when you're exercising with the sole purpose of changing how you look physically and you don't get there because it's not the only thing that changes, you know, it's not the only thing that has a, an effect, you know, it, it continues to lead to feelings of shame, guilt, disappointment. And it kind of can cycle back into not exercising, right? Yeah. So it becomes, you know, what are we really using exercise and movement for? Is it something, like I mentioned, is it something that is adding to our lives or are we using it as a way to control our lives, right?
0: For sure. Yes. And I think it's a big part of why people get frustrated with exercise because they're like, I'm not seeing these results or whatever in terms of. Really, they're just talking about their body size changing or shrinking, which isn't like a really good way to use exercise. And same with food. Like, that's all people focus on is that controlling and shrinking your body. And it doesn't need to be the focus of these things. And my question to anyone listening, if that has been your focus, is challenge this to yourself. Like, has that served you in the past? focusing on exercise in this way in this controlling way what's the answer to that my answer was probably no and it's eye-opening to to see that and yeah just knowing that you don't have to use it as that form of control and focusing more on the energy and mood boosting and how your body feels and just, Joy of these different things, and maybe even like just being strong is a awesome thing that you like to feel. Like, say you want to just feel like you have like strong arms to be able to lift your kids up and throw them in the air. Really cool. That's an awesome motivator. I love that. But you don't need to be like shrinking your body. Anyways, there are so many, so many layers to this, and I think that this has been such a wonderful chat about exercise and fitness and the body neutral side of things and and debunking some of these myths and toxic fitness motivation about the way that people should look at exercise, because it's definitely not something that serves everybody in this space. And as always, I would love to give some takeaways and tips from this episode. I'll kind of sum up what my takeaways are. And then Sabrina, you can add whatever you feel like you want to add there at the end, but just to start your fitness and the focus on aesthetics can be tied to your worth and it doesn't have to be. We get in tune with our body and that's what body neutral fitness is all about. Taking that emphasis off of all of the kind of rules towards fitness and moving into how we're feeling more so and how we're honoring our body and listening to our body and making it part of our life rather than this big controlling thing to focus on the aesthetics of how our body looks. And a really big thing here is to shift your mindset, drop those rules, and know that fitness doesn't have a body type. You don't have to look a certain way to be quote unquote fit. That is not true. And then we obviously went through all of our myth-busting. Pain shouldn't be part of fitness. If pain is happening, something's not right, you need to adjust. Lots of this toxic motivation can be shaming. So know that. Know to look for that and ask yourself, like, am I motivating myself or am I really shaming myself right now? (laughs) And no excuses is not a fun thing either whatever is important to you, your priorities in your life are, that's valid. And know that you can take rest. You can. You don't need to work out all of the time. It doesn't need to be this perfect schedule. It can be whatever you want it to be. And you do not need to earn your body either. That is the craziest one ever. <laughs> your body is already a good body and exercise is not something to kind of control our bodies. So, those are my takeaways. Do you have any extra tips or things you'd like to leave the listeners with in order to kind of explore the relationship with exercise and move more into that joyful movement thing that we've been talking about?
1: Yeah. So a big one is a reminder that all movement is valid. We don't need, you know, we can give credit for to ourselves for moving our bodies in whatever way we choose to do that. Um, like I mentioned, it can go. It can mean going on walks. It can mean, you know, having a little dance party while you're putting away your laundry and things like that that we often overlook because of all these different expectations that we have. Um, And for those who are reintroducing movement back into the lives, because I know it can be scary to go back down that rabbit hole of using exercise as punishment, it's just a reminder to start slow, right? What are things, small things that you can start? Maybe it looks like 10 minutes a day and build up from that until because when we do too much at once, we don't want to burn out and we want to avoid that. And like I said, exercise should fit into your life and you shouldn't need to mold your whole life around fitness and movement. Okay. And something that I like that you mentioned was what are things that you can focus on to shift away from that aesthetic goal? So, you know, being stronger to carry around your kids, keep up with um, your kids if you have any, or, you know, minimizing the trips from your car to your home, carrying your groceries. That was a big one for me. I used to live (laughs) on the third floor and being able to carry my groceries up the third floor was like very exciting when I felt like I wasn't out of breath. And what are things, you know, how can you use movement and exercise to improve different parts of your life that have nothing to do with how your body looks? Maybe you want to be able to go on longer hikes, or you want to go paddleboarding and stand up on the paddleboard. So, focusing on how can this benefit your everyday life.
0: I love that, and I, I love the the grocery thing that you mentioned because I've definitely, I've definitely felt that <laughs> before, and and lots of those things just to feel good in your everyday life. I think that is a wonderful, um, if we're talking about motivation, a wonderful motivator to having movement in your life and whatever that movement looks like for you, all movement is valid. Definitely a big key thing to think about here. So wonderful. I love those tips, Sabrina, and I've loved this conversation so much. I think it's going to help so many people kind of reframe the way that they look at exercise and fitness and all of the things. So Thank you for sharing all of your wisdom. It has been wonderful. And if you are a listener of the podcast, you know that I ask all my guests a couple of questions. So we will jump into those. And Sabrina, I would love to know, how do you practice living intuitively in your life? I think for me
1: personally, the biggest thing is being compassionate with myself through every single stage. And that is like the key thing that has really helped me transition into Living intuitively again in every aspect, um, because being compassionate with myself and reminding myself that I am allowed to take breaks when I need to, and not feel guilty for choosing rest over work, or choosing to go out with friends and family when I should, you know, have these expectations on myself, and reminding myself that choosing my well-being is just as important as getting, you know, pleasing other people. So compassion has been like the biggest thing that has really helped me mentally as well.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Lots of lots of self-compassion in order to honor what you need. So that is wonderful and beautiful that you are bringing that and inviting that into your life and just letting yourself be when you need to be and not pushing yourself and having that compassion with it. Um, Love, love, love that. That is a, a huge piece of being intuitive and true to yourself. And last question, if you were a food based on your personality what food would you be? And you can add a why. If you want to, you don't have to. <laughs> um,
1: so I thought about this one and I'm going to go with um, mango with tahin
0: on it. Oh, okay. Um, mangoes
1: are like also my favorite fruit, but mm-hmm. it's sweet sometimes with the heen will have a little kick to it.
0: Um, mm-hmm. And it's also very
1: messy because I am a very messy person <laughs> and I have learned to embrace my mess. And I feel like this kind of,
0: Uh, represents me pretty well as a person. (laughs) That's awesome. It's like sweet with a little kick and a little bit messy, but we like it. Exactly. That's really fun. I love that. Thank you for sharing that with us. And that is fun. I love hearing everyone's answer to that question. (laughs) Um, And just to wrap us up, where can the listeners find you, connect with you, learn from you? You can tell us all the places and I'll drop them in the show notes as well.
1: Well, I share a lot of my uh, my resources and content on Instagram at um, Sabrina Motwani. I'm sure you'll type that out. My last name can be a little tricky. Um, Also, on my website, thesustfulspace.com, I offer both virtual training. If you're in the Denver area, um, me and my husband own a small private studio, so I work in person with clients. And I also have a community membership where I teach virtual classes. It's an awesome space of folks who don't take themselves too seriously. They're there to have fun. And we're all kind of in the same space where we just want to move our bodies, have fun, and you know, have a space that is free from diet culture, free from that toxic fitness. And yeah, we mostly just have fun there. It's great. And I teach four live workout classes a week on there. So anyone is welcome to join.
0: Awesome. That's wonderful. I will definitely link those in the show notes so everyone can connect with you and check that out. It sounds so great. (laughs) And I love, love, love this whole aspect about body neutral fitness. And this has been such a wonderful conversation. Thank you for being on the podcast, Sabrina. Thank you so much for
1: having me. I feel like we could go on for hours.
0: (laughs) Yes, probably. (laughs) Thank you so much. No problem. Thanks so much for listening to the Intuitively You podcast. You can find the show notes from today's episode along with all the takeaways at theintuitivenutritionist.com slash podcast. Let's connect on Instagram. You can find me at the.intuitive.nutritionist. Be sure to share and tag me when you're listening along. And if you're loving the podcast, I would be so honored for you to go ahead and hit that subscribe or follow button and leave a review. I'm so happy you're here and learning how to better your relationship with food, your body, and yourself. Until next time, keep on living intuitively you.